0: And bonjour all you gardening cats and gators. Welcome to Gardening with Cisco, August 17th. And I'm really happy that you're tuning in today. So, uh, hey, I want to say hi to the folks I spoke to. By the way, just so you know, I am uh, definitely solo today, no guests. So if you have a question you want answered, this would be a good day to call in. And it's one triple eight nine seven three Cairo one triple eight nine seven three five four seven six. So I uh, I gave a talk at the Grange last uh, I think that was Saturday. Yeah, and uh, when I got there, one of the people that works there told me, "Well, two hundred seventy three people signed up for your talk." Oh la la. So that made me so happy. There was just an enormous audience out there. And uh, there's nothing that makes me happier than talking to a large audience. It was a lot of fun. The Grange let me give away a lot of cool plants. And uh, they had a couple of really good ones. I don't know if you're familiar with Melianthus major, but that is called uh, honey. The honey bush. It comes from South Africa, and it's got a beautiful blue coloring to it. Very, very tropical-looking plant. So I don't know if they have any more, but they had a few of them, and uh, so I, they let me give one of those away to some lucky person in the audience, and uh, and then they had a really uh, cool Cynothus. So sometimes we call those California um, lilacs, and um, they have beautiful blue flowers that are very attractive to honeybees. But uh, this particular ceanothus had black foliage. It was really cool. So uh, if I had had any room to put that in my garden, I would have gone home with one, but there's just nowhere I could put it. So uh but um they're pretty darn cool. So a really special plant. So anyway, thank you, Grange, for letting me give away so many cool plants. I had a lot of fun and thanks all you folks that came. Uh hey I, I heard I wasn't able to go on the Meet the Board tour, but uh my good friends Rick and Jana uh who we met for dinner at the Fiddler this week <laughs> they went on it. So this is a northwest horticultural society and every year they have a meet the board tour. I've been on it a few times and uh, so you can come see really great gardens and this was in Vashon Island and uh, I had been at the Vashon Island uh, garden tour a couple of weeks before and I saw some of the really great gardens but I heard it was just a fantastic tour. The rain stopped. It got it was nice and cool, but it was beautiful. So uh, this is one of the things you get when you join great organizations like the Northwest Horticultural Society. So, because uh, you have to be a member to go on something like that. So really, really fun. All right, I wish I could have gone though, but uh, so. But if you want to know what I'm going to be doing I am going to be at the Auburn Farmers Market to, uh tomorrow um let me see what time am I going to be there uh at noon so that's tomorrow August 18 at noon I'll be giving a lot of way- I'll be giving away some cool plants that I picked up over at Swanson's Nursery yesterday and I will be also I've uh, given away a Gardening with Cisco t-shirt and one of my books. So uh, I'm really looking forward to it. I always get big audiences out there, and I love doing that. It's a great farmer's market. So uh, that's at noon tomorrow. And just so you know, it's at Le Gouves Park, or it might be Les Gouve Park. <laughs> I might be being a little too French here. Uh, and it's at 1140... Auburn Way South, so it's a big park, and there's all kinds of uh, crafts and food and all kinds of great things to buy there. It's a very nice market, so I'll be looking forward to seeing a lot of you there, and um, let me see, then I am going to be at Arts in the Garden over at the Bellevue Botanical Garden next Saturday. And uh, I'll get there at two o'clock, and I lead a tour through the uh, through the the whole uh, Bellevue Botanical Garden. We meet the artists, and I talk about plants, uh, answer your garden questions. It's a lot of fun, so I hope lots of you come. And uh, it seems like I go forever on these tours. So if you get bored. Or- You want to go shop, you know, just say, all right, enough of you. I'm going off to do my own thing. But uh, I think it's people have a lot of fun. And Arts in the Garden, if you don't know what it is, at the Bellevue Botanical Garden, is this incredible show where they have all kinds of artists come and sell their garden art in the gardens. So it's all shown in the gardens. It's real pretty, and uh, you get to meet them all, and uh, they have a little beer garden there you can go to that, that'll that uh, make it easier to pay that extra money for that really great artwork. <laughs> it's a lot of fun. So I, I love leading this tour. I normally am at the uh, Arts in the Garden pre-party on Friday night, which is so fun. And uh, I know a lot of my good friends are going to be at that. But Mary uh, had to run off to Canada for a funeral, and uh, so I've I can't go because I'm going to have my two puppies I got to take care of. <laughs> so I'm going to miss that though this year. But um, I always love going to that, and I think you can, as I understand it, uh, artists will be selling their artwork now. I hope I'm right on this, but as far as I know, you can actually buy artwork. Uh, If you go to the uh, pre-party, so just uh, there's a link right on the front page of Cisco.com to the Bellevue Botanical Garden Arts in the Garden. So just click on that and uh, you can, you know, you can find out how to sign up for that. And by the way, it's that costs some money to go to that Friday night pre-party. But uh, Saturday and Sunday are totally free to go. So you just go, and uh, on Saturday it goes from uh, 2 to, uh, I think, 7 p.m., and on Sunday it goes from 10 to 5 p.m. And then I will be at the Chehalis Garlic Festival. That's on Sunday, August 25th. I'll be there at noon, and uh, you'll know where I've been if you see me later that day because I will be very chic. Because I'll reek. Because, man, that place does smell like garlic, I'll tell you what. It's a lot of fun. Okay, just a couple other things I wanted to let you know. There's a great hummingbird lecture coming up, and that's at Swanson's Nursery. That's on Saturday, August uh, 31st at 10 a.m., and I think that might be filled. But if it is, I'm— I think they've got another one planned for later that day. That's my good friend, Greg Butler. And, uh, man, every he's done this talk. I think he's going to do this talk for them five times. So it's been really popular. So if you want to learn about hummingbirds and hear a really fun guy give a talk, I really recommend go to that one. There's one other one I wanted to know about, and that is, Yeah, September 4, Rosemary Alexander, a very prominent UK garden designer and writer, will be speaking at the Bellevue Botanical Gardens. So just give you a heads up for that. You might want to sign up for that because that's going to sell out. I'm almost positive. They've had quite a few sellouts, and she is fantastic. She's going to be coming to see my garden, so I'm excited about that. It's going to be a lot of fun. To shore my garden. Oh, la, la. All right, listen, we're going to take a break. When we come back, Julie from Federal Way, we're going to pop you on the best garden station there is in the whole world, 97.3 uh, Cairo FM. <laughs> And, uh, hey, I have lots of open lines, so if you want to give me a call, 1-888-973-5476, one 973 Hey, Julie, what's happening out there in Federal Way? Hello? Hi, hi, Julie. Hi, how are you? Hey, fantastic. How about you? I'm doing great,
1: thank you. What? So I was calling to talk... I was trying to call to find out. I have a calla lily that I have planted in a pot, and I have a calla lily that I have planted in the ground. Both of them come back every year with beautiful foliage, but no flowers. Hey, are and these? I'm trying to figure out why.
0: Okay. Are these the white calla lily flowers? Or are these the colorful ones?
1: So the one in the pot is white. The one in the ground is the colored one. With oh, the
0: speckled leaves, yep, it those those are barely hardy here. The the ones with the uh, colored leaves, and so they mm-hmm. uh, unless everything goes really well, they get so weak after going through the winter that they can hardly uh, come back up and flower. They the ones oh. with the see the ones with the colorful flowers are real heat lovers, and they they don't want too much water. They want water, but not too much. So it would be better to switch those two and put the white one in the ground, put the colorful one in the pot. Then if you could move the pot into an unheated garage and let it go dormant for the winter, you put it back out, fertilize the tweedle out of it with alfalfa meal and – uh and probably you know some good organic um, uh, flower food. I think you'll get uh-huh. that that beautiful colored one to start blooming again. They they don't last uh-huh. long in most of our gardens, but the white ones bloom like wild banshees. But they want to be in a moist spot in the shade.
1: Moist in the shade.
0: Yeah. So if uh. you could, so you could you know wait till wi- winter when it goes dormant, although they don't always even do that, the white ones, and then uh, go ahead and put that in bright shade in a a moist spot or somewhere you're going to water fairly often, and, and it'll bloom like a wild banshee for you, and you might as well in the spring give it a little alfalfa meal and some organic flower food, and that'll really help too. Okay,
1: alfalfa.
0: Okay. Yeah, alfalfa meal, okay. alfalfa meal, you can buy that at most of the good nurseries now, and it just makes plants bloom their little fool hearts out. So uh, Oh, really? Yeah, there's something in it that makes plants bloom, but it, it only works on plants that like alkaline soil. You never put that on a rhododendron or a camellia or something like that. But anything that likes alkaline soil, and I guarantee that that uh, cow lily does, uh, that'll really help uh, make that baby bloom for you. Now, it might take a year, you know, if you plant it in a garden this, uh, this fall or spring. It's going to take a little while before it, you know, gets strong enough to start blooming again. But it will. Okay, and to
1: transplant, you want to do it in fall.
0: Yeah, I think I transplant it fall. I take it out of that pot and pop it into the ground in the fall. And I dig out that colorful flowered one, stick that in that pot, and uh, then don't fertilize till spring. No. Okay. Yeah. Spring yep. time. And I can I All can right. almost guarantee you're going to be seeing flowers on both of them at least in time. Maybe not this next year, but the year after that.
1: All right. All right. That's great. Well, thank you for the information.
0: I appreciate it. Hey, it's a great question, Julie. Really nice talking to you. Bye-bye. Okay, thank you. You too, and have a great day. You too. Bye. Okay. Hey, let's head to Marysville. We're going to talk to Craig right now. Craig, thanks for calling.
2: Yeah, hi, Cisco. I was listening to a program of yours, uh, I don't know, a couple months back, but a custom, uh Somebody called in and said that they were wondering what was chewing the bottom of their trees around the bottom.
0: Uh-huh. And
2: I, I operate a tree service and stuff. And this customer asked me, he says, what, what do you think is causing that? And I uh, said, do you weed eat around it? And I, he goes, yeah. I go, well, you're doing it oh. with your weed eater.
0: So he was actually, there are uh, little cuts right in the trunk of the tree Then.
2: Yeah, it was, you know, oh, yeah. chopping away at the bark and of course, you know, the bark, you know, will you know, does healing and stuff, but yeah, it looked like something had been chewing on it
3: and Oh,
2: I said, Yeah, I think you're doing it with your weed eater.
0: Greg, that is I am so happy you called in to say that. I wrote an article about this in the Seattle Times at one point. That is the worst thing people could do is run those weed eaters right around the trunk of their tree to get the grass out of there because it, it's exactly what you're describing. It makes little cuts. And, yeah. boy, I've seen really severe damage done to trees because you keep keep opening the wound, opening the wound, you know, and pretty soon the bacteria, the fungus gets in there, and that can that can kill a beautiful tree. To a net,
2: yeah. So you know that day I didn't hear anything mentioned, so I so I didn't have time that day. But I decided i call call in and uh, you know just bring that up and let people know. You know, get get down there with some snips and snip that grass instead of using that weed eater. Yeah, or-
0: you know, even better would be to put a little mulch. Just have a little, even six inch mulch uh, area around the tree because. You know, they, I'm sure you know. They discovered that grass actually is somewhat toxic to the roots of trees, and even if if uh, if the grass is kept six inches away from the trunk of a tree, studies have shown that trees will grow about one third bigger in five years if you keep the grass oh, really? six inches away. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, yeah that's
2: very
0: interesting. Yeah, so uh, so it's really good to have a little mulched area around the around the tree, and then you can just weed the grass that grows in there out and keep. I I like to keep wood chips in those areas, and uh, boy, oh, yeah. I, your tree will be so much healthier. So that was really a good observation. Even though I gotta admit, I should have thought of that myself. Oh la la. <laughs> <laughs> Oh well, Craig. All right. Hey, I appreciate that very much, and uh, you keep doing that good tree work. Okay.
2: You bet I will. Thanks, Cisco.
0: Thanks, Craig. See you. Bye. All right. Hey, we got all open lines. One triple eight nine seven three five four seven six one triple eight nine seven three Cairo. I hope you'll give me a call. We're about to go to the news. I'll see you at around the corner on ninety seven three Cairo FM. La la. So, hey, uh, all open lines, one triple eight 973 5476. You'll get, you'll shoot right in if you give me a call. But uh, I just wanted to mention this is a uh, great gardening weather right now. So, what kind of jobs am I doing? Well, I'm deadheading like my roses, they're starting to bloom like mad again. I'm fertilizing my dahlias. With an alfalfa meal is the fertilizer for dahlias, and then add some good organic, you know, uh, flower food in there with them, and they'll just they'll just keep blooming right up to the end of, of summer and into fall. And uh, if you're like me and you're getting a lot of mischief, <laughs> you know, I like forgetting to close the bathroom door, so my puppy Leo who just has a thing about toilet paper. <laughs> now, I know at least six times now I've walked into the house and I see the toilet paper streaming all through all the rooms, still connected to the roll, and he's got the end. So uh, so if you get mischief like that because you're a little absent-minded at times, a bouquet of dahlias will do the trick, let me tell you. All right, well. And uh, the other thing I'm doing, I'm pruning down my uh, evergreen plants. So if there's, you know, you don't want to wait too long if you're going to prune an evergreen, you know. So I don't like doing it in fall because I don't want anything to tell them don't go dormant. So uh, what I usually recommend is do, you know, prune in August. You could take off, you know, sprouts that are growing on your fruit trees right now. That's a really good thing to do. I'm lowering down some of my, like, uh, Hinoke Cypress. This is a great time to do it. And, uh, of course, weed, weed, weed. That's the other thing. All right. Hey, listen, we got a. Well, uh, oh, I'm going to wait a second before I go to that. In a minute, we're going to go to Judy, but not yet. So, uh, uh, all right. And um, I do have quite a few emails if I need them. All right. Let's go to Judy. So I, uh, hi Judy. Thanks for calling.
1: Thank you. Um, my question is: um, I have a Star of Bethlehem uh, hydrangea that planted four years ago in the ground. Um, I got it as a gift, and um, for the first two years it bloomed, but now it's pretty big, and but it has not bloomed for two years.
0: And uh, are you prune? Are you pruning this hydrangea?
1: I do prune it, but I only prune it back just a little bit um, okay. to um, the last growth. So I'm always leaving stuff behind.
0: Yeah, here's the. I think I know what the problem is. So you're leaving some last year's growth. So and that's what they bloom off. So yeah, yeah. Here's the problem. I think these Star of Bethlehem hydrangeas. That's a white flower, right?
1: Yeah, and they kind of are sporadic in the in the.
0: Yep. Yeah, they're really cool looking, and they sell yeah. them, they sell them a lot of times as kind of a holiday plant. And that's uh, right. Yeah, they're they're not really very hardy. So the problem with them is they're hardy enough to survive, but the cold uh-huh. kills the buds on last year's growth. And so oh. so if we get a mild winter. You know, a real mild winter, you're going to get a whole lot of really cool flowers on that because you're Mm -hmm. doing everything right. But if we get a pretty cold winter, like we had, I think last year we had a pretty cold snap. This year, colder than heck with all that snow and everything, that kills the buds on last year's growth. And a lot of times, a lot of times it's if we get cold right in February because those buds start to enlarge. And then uh, we get a little cold snap, just all it takes is a freezing night for that particular Star of Bethlehem hydrangea, and it kills the buds. I see, okay. Yeah, and then you don't get any flowers all season long, and it's so frustrating, you can't stand it, Uh, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, Okay, and then the second question is, is I have an orchid, Um, well, I have four orchids that I've. Had for probably about five years, and they do very well, but they've got a lot of root tentacles, and I don't know how to manage them.
0: Okay, so you got so these are probably uh, phalaenopsis, which are those moth face orchids, long a long um, like a long rod with lots of flowers. They kind of open as they, yep. yeah. Okay, so the, yep. they're the most popular. Uh, Mm-hmm. orchid there is and they're spectacular and they bloom forever. Okay.
1: yeah
0: So these these things grow up in trees and they the mm-hmm. seed lands in just a little moss up in a tree and then they grow in there and those roots just grow out into thin air and they get watered by the rain in the forest in the rainforest. Uh-huh. And uh so but the thing is, have you transplanted any of these orchids in the bigger pots or um,
1: I did, and um I actually took it to um watson's um um
0: oh the greenhouse nursery,
1: and they did it for me, yeah, they did it for me um and um it was fairly expensive um and they put it in these um holy pots, yeah, growing like that of them.
0: Yeah, all right. Here's what I think you should do. Just keep them alive. Don't worry about those roots that are sticking out everywhere. Keep it alive. Uh Almost every year, one of the local nurseries has an orchid show. And I put it on my website always when it's coming, and I announce it on the radio. So you're going to have to listen every week. This is going to be tough on you, you know. Uh (laughs) But. Or you can look up the Seattle uh, Orchid Society, and they'll usually tell when they're having a show. There might be, you know, orchid societies and other areas that you could hook on to down near Kent. But if you go to the orchid show, they almost always have people help you transplant uh, your orchids for free at these shows. Oh, cool. Yeah, so That's it's cool. really cool, and then they'll, you know, they may only do one of them for you, but then at least you can watch it see just how they do it and then you could buy the bark, the special orchid bark and do your own right mm-hmm. after that.
1: Perfect. So,
0: yeah, well, so thank it works you
1: so much. I oh. appreciate that.
0: All right. Hey, thanks. I appreciate your call quite a bit. See <laughs> you, Judy.
1: You. Take care.
0: Bye. Okay. Yeah, and those those orchids are wonderful and um I'm thinking I might I write for the BBG now. And when they're the buzz, they're wonderful. It's a really good newsletter that comes out. Uh, I'm probably going to do my next one. I've been getting some questions on how do you keep these moth orchids alive and healthy. I'm probably going to write my next uh, article. I'm suspecting it's going to be about how to do these moth orchids. So I have a lot of information, but I don't think I'll have enough room to tell you how to transplant them in there. (laughs) But. Okay, listen, we're going to take a break. So I've got all open lines, but if no one calls, it's all right, because I've got about 175 emails I can do. But if you call, I'll put you right on on 97.3 Cairo FM. We're going to head up uphill and go to that somewhere on Tiger Mountain to talk to Ron. Hey, Ron, how are you? Oh, pretty good. How you doing? I'm doing fantastic. What you got going on?
3: Well, I had a question for you. This spring, uh, you mentioned hummingbirds earlier. This spring, we had, I had a mixture of both Rufus and Anna's out here. And uh, I, I'm not sure how many pair. I was going through about five pounds of sugar a week. so.
0: Uh-huh.
3: Anyway, uh, when they started most of them started leaving a few weeks ago. I noticed some small ones. Have you heard of anybody around here seeing calli- Calliopes? I have. I'm positive. That's what I've got. At least had at least two pair
0: of them. So, has it got like a, a blue neck? It might be too young to have that yet.
3: Uh, no, I not exactly. It's just that they were so small. and The color is a little bit similar to the anas to a certain extent but they're much smaller. Hmm. The beach is shorter. I've seen them in the Rockies, but I hadn't seen them around here before. I'm almost positive that's what they were.
0: You know, it could well be those were calliopes. They do. I have. I've never seen one in my garden, unfortunately. I would love that. You lucky, Ron. But um, I know that occasionally they do show up on the west side of the mountains. They're pretty common over on the east side. So now and then, I don't know how it happens. They find their way over here, and I'm sure they'll be taken off soon because uh, they're they're not cold hardy. Although, yeah. you know, neither were Anna's till in the 1970s they started staying up here. So uh, it could.
3: Yeah, I usually up out here. I kind of taper off on with the feeders because there's not many flowers out here. Um, and then normally they all start leaving anyway about mid July unless they nest twice i've had some that have nested twice a few years ago otherwise they start taking off then and then starting in the August i start letting the feeders go empty and they will gradually just leave
0: yeah you know it doesn't even it doesn't matter if you it doesn't even matter if you empty the feeders you don't have to worry cuz they know when it's time to go they go but um but that's pretty exciting. You probably did see some Calliope uh, hummingbirds, and you're a lucky guy for that because uh, not all of us get that. But everybody listening, keep an eye out because uh, it's possible that some Calliope's uh, will come into your part of the garden, and they have a different colored neck. They're more blue. Yeah. So uh, yeah. if Certainly you see the that,
3: the males is different.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I, you know, it's it's kind of hard to. I sometimes I can hardly even tell the Anna's from the uh, Rufus, you know, when they're really young and, but yeah, um, so probably. uh, but keep an eye out for a smaller beak. It, it sounds like and uh, just slightly different color because I'm not sure I know how to tell an immature or a, you know a young, Calyope, but I'm um. Yeah, So, but that's really exciting news. So everybody keep an eye out there, and especially next year, because when they come back, maybe more and more calliopies will start coming over here. We've got right. a wide variety of great uh, plants for them to feed on. They may just go, hey, that west side of the garden is a cool place to hang out, the west side of the mountains. So
3: <laughs> Oh, I've got something, too, that you might like, might be interested in. Uh-huh. I got a really great recipe for caramelized Brussels sprout
0: grilled cheese. Oh la la! That sounds fantastic. So it, they are really good. Uh, oh yeah. Now you know what you just did. I'm drooling all over the microphone here. This is. <laughs> hey, uh, so uh, is it is I have a couple of minutes yet? Is it a hard recipe to tell?
3: Uh, not really, but well, yeah,
0: I could. I'll tell you what, Ron, here's what we should do. Send me that uh, recipe, if you don't mind. No problem at all. Oh, I'd love that. So you can just go to Cisco, com, and there's a way to email me really easy through there. And uh, it's really funny, because it'll come to my wife instead of me, because when people email me through my website, they go to my wife, who hates Brussels sprouts with a passion. <laughs> Uh, But uh, so uh, she'll send that to me, and then uh, I'll ask her to put it on our website.
3: Yeah, you know, the only problem with them, they're maybe not real good for the carbon carbon business, you know. You can produce a lot of methane gas eating a lot of Brussels sprouts. Oh, yeah. (laughs) You
0: might have a point. It's causing uh, global warming. (laughs) If we eat too many of those things, that could be a problem. (laughs) Uh, oh, yeah, but, boy, they're good, aren't they? Oh, yes. I'm oh, positive they're the reason that I am so intelligent, good-looking, and buff. There's no, I don't know what else it could be. I'll drink to that. <laughs> that's the only problem, trying to find a wine that goes well with Brussels sprouts. That can't be a problem, but... <laughs> Hard cider. <laughs> Hard cider, that's a good suggestion. I'll try that. They... I, I got some in, uh, over on Vashon Island that I've been drinking. I can't remember the name of the company, but, boy, is it good stuff. And you're right. It goes great with Brussels sprouts. <laughs> well, Rod, that was great. So send me that recipe, and uh, you're in big trouble for making me starving hungry now right at the <laughs> end of the show. But other than that, it's great. <laughs> okay. All right, Rod. we'll put that on the website. do you have a good one now? All right, you too. Thanks a lot for the call. Bye-bye. All right, hey, I only have uh, just about a minute and a half here, so uh, I am going to just uh, say one quick, quick email I got about Oxalis. You know that red clover that we all find in our gardens? Well, Catherine sent me an email and said, what is this and how do I get rid of it? Well, I'll bet you everyone out there in radio land listening to me has that in their garden. You can't get rid of that, but it helps to put wood chips. So we did that at Seattle U. I do it at home. I mulch with wood chips from the arborists, and I'll put them up to six inches deep between plants, which there isn't much room for any six inches between plants in my garden, but that can really help. Even an inch or two of wood chips, don't, you know, don't cover up the evergreen plants and don't put them up the trunks of trees, anything like that. But I'll tell you what, they'll help fight them, keep them from coming back as much. But any bare open space, there are seeds in there. You don't want to spray those. They're an annual. They're just going to go to seed before they die and spread their seed all over. They shoot their seed like mad when you try and weed them. But if you can keep after them and not let them form those little seed pods, if you get them pulled out before they do that, that'll help quite a bit. But you're never going to win. We're all going to fight that red oxalis. It's the worst thing. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. But, hey, there's good garden weeding tools. That's all I got to say on that. (laughs) Hey, don't forget, I am going to be... Over at the Auburn Farmer's Market, it's at uh, Les Gove Park. And uh, I'm going to give away a t-shirt, a book. We're going to have a lot of fun, if you could answer my stumper question. Brian, thank you, buddy. We'll see everybody next week. Bye-bye.